I don't find humanity to be the pinnacle of creation. You know, humans are not good. <laughs> that is my fundamental belief. Like, I just don't think we're a good species. <laughs> I can't wait to get reamed on for that. But like, I just don't think we're good. I hope everyone is doing well. Today I have Yas Murli Darwin as my guest for the Playground podcast. Yas, how are you doing today? I'm surviving, thriving, loving quarantined life, you know. How's quarantine treating you? <laughs> I mean, I was telling my friends before I came, before I came here, um, if I had to spend an entire month with my family, I might just like go insane but it's been pretty nice being home you know i think this is the longest i've ever been with my family since i went to college like i haven't ever really come back for breaks or anything or if i do it's just like for a week that's nice you know and it's not all too different from i think you know just being in atlanta um in my apartment you know i still have my own room i still get to spend some time to myself. I usually only like see my family for meals or something. It's it's fine. Like I'm enjoying it. That's good. That's good to hear. You could you say that you're having more time with family now? I mean Bonding like just, on... I, I mean by the virtue of proximity, right? Like yeah. you would have to of course there's more time with family. And like I never I don't know about you, but I never had like the greatest relationship with my sibling before I went to college. And then like during college it was really bad because I'd never talk to him ever or ever see him. But now I see him all the time and like we share um like our rooms are right up opposite from each other, so I can just like go in and see him whenever I want or something. So our relationship in that way has definitely improved. But like like I said, I spend most of my time by myself still, which is the way I like and that's what I that's what I like. That's how I operate. So okay. that works. So the first question I have for you is, where is home for you and where did you grow up? I mean, I grew up in Colorado um, in the Front Range. So for you non-Colorado folk, that's Denver, Boulder, and the surrounding suburbs of that area. Um, and home for me has always been, I guess, Boulder and Broomfield, which is where I live. Yeah, nothing much. I mean, it's a great, it was, it was a great place to live, a great place to grow up. Um, everyone here is so friendly. Um, I didn't notice this until I went, went to Atlanta for college, but I guess growing up, I had never realized how white Colorado really is and how white, especially, um, my city Broomfield is. Um, like there are definitely people of color and like, uh, like my closest friends in high school um, and middle school were like brown or um, an Indian, but I just never realized how homogenized the state really is. Like there is all there's no diversity here, and it's something I only realized like when I came uh, college. And like now when I come back, I always am aware of me being the only person of color in like. Um, you know, whenever I'm getting a haircut or whenever I'm going to the grocery store, it's like I'm the only brown person I can see. But like, I mean, there is an Indian community. I'm like, I, I'm not denying its presence and it's pretty strong, but that's kind of a recent development. 
you know like it's it's definitely weird and so in that in that regard like whenever I think of home or like what like home means to me I guess like my immediate thought is in this idea of Indian culture it's more of whatever Colorado is this white homogenized place but it's a beautiful it's a beautiful beautiful amazing state I love it so much I whenever I see the mountains like there's this overpass um you take to get into Boulder and you get like this huge view of like the flat irons on the Rocky Mountains and it's absolutely beautiful it takes my breath away every single time and I think like I miss it the most whenever I go anywhere like you know I, I, I just love them that's great to hear yeah uh next question i have is what did or uh, do your parents do for a living my dad does something he's like a director or something <clears throat> i think growing up i never really knew what my dad really did he just went to the office and he came back and he made money right like i don't think that relationship has changed that much i mean like <sighs> And I don't know if everyone has an experience where you never really quite know what your parents do when you're young. No. Um, and that hasn't really changed, I think, now. I still don't really know what he does. I know he works for a company. I know he's a director or something. And I know he makes money. Uh, my mom, on the other hand, she's trained to be an Ayurvedic doctor. Um, are you familiar with Ayurveda, Mr. Prasanna Karur? I am not. Could you elaborate? How are you not your Indian? Okay, okay. So it's like this traditional Indian medicine, right? And um, it works on prevention rather than treatment. <clears throat> like its emphasis is on a prevention of diseases rather than treatment. So making li- <clears throat> lifestyle changes and well, that could be in regards to diet or exercise, things like that. And they use like herbs and other things to like make these uh, pastes and powders that you use instead of like, uh, medicines you get from pharmacies and like you know sometimes they're used in in the place of medicines for things like GERD um, GERD is acid reflux or um, things like that so it's mo- it's mo- mainly in the idea of prevention of disease and like controlling disease um, smaller ones like if you have cancer like obviously they'll be like just go to an actual doctor uh, there was this lady who came in to my mom's clinic um, who like basically was going to be septic soon and she was coming to the Ayurveda doctor instead of going to a more western medicine sort of place I'm like they were like no leave go to an actual doctor don't come here because you know what sepsis is right yeah I do yeah it's infection of blood and if it's not treated within um within like 48 hours you die basically yeah that's what that's what my mom does um yeah I don't I don't know what my dad does really how do you think what your mom does or what your dad does like affect your own because you're you're pre-med at Emory how do you think like your mom being an Ayurvedic having an Ayurvedic clinic affect your own beliefs this is new this is new she didn't do this until I graduated high school okay so like in that aspect it didn't really affect me at all um we have gotten into fights and discussions about about um, whether or not Ayurveda is a proper treatment of medicine. And sometimes I think the things she says are just like completely ridiculous. But then other times I'm kind of astounded by the amount of um, 
insight these ancient uh, people had into the human body and how at times we're just like I saw an ad for like turmeric turmeric pills um, that you could buy on like in Walmart or something and like I have been fed turmeric in literally all my food my entire life so like it's just funny to me that the people are just now starting to be awakened to um these things people have known for years so i guess there's always this sort of dichotomy between this is ridiculous there's no way this is true and it's oh wait this is completely valid um yeah but i don't i don't think it would have it would it's really affected my pre-med journey in a sense do you think it will affect your journey from now on like once you become a doctor or like in the future maybe i think i think it definitely has to right i mean um I mean, you're pre-med. One of the things I think, and maybe you agree or don't disagree, let me know, but like one of the things I think the biggest problem in medicine is overprescription. Um, we unnecessarily give medicine um, to people who maybe don't necessarily need that strong of like an antibiotic or don't need all these chemicals. Like it can be done with a simple like a diet change. And I think as a doctor, you have to be cognizant of the fact that maybe medication isn't the best um, course of treatment every time you don't have to medicate for everything you know obviously you know for things like the flu or something maybe you should just take your medicine just take your Tamiflu um don't go to an Ayurvedic doctor for that the vaccines uh, yeah you know this is this anti-vaxxers right now must be quaking because we have the coronavirus going around everywhere Right, and then you have these people who, for years, have been like, "Vaccines cause autism. Vaccines are gonna kill you," and now we have this virus. And I'm just like, if any one of you gets a vaccine for coronavirus, I'm gonna shoot you. <laughs> you can't, you can't go around spreading your false, fake news and propaganda about vaccines and then being lying to save your life. Like, no, yeah. that's an interesting no. juxtaposition, Dale. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what were you we saying? <laughs> what were we talking about? Uh, moving on, we're talking about your parents and what your parents oh. did, and um, yeah. we went dived into Ayurveda for a bit. Uh, you described Colorado, and you spent you spent your childhood there, of course. So, what would you say you were curious about as a child at home in this uh, playing with your friends? What were you just like naturally curious about, like inc- naturally inclined to think about as a child? Death. Death. I was fascinated with dying. That's interesting. Could you elaborate? Okay, what happens to your soul when you die? Do you know the answer? I do not. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so like, the, you have all these different kind of interpretations of hell and heaven. Uh, the, I believe um, Judaism says there is neither of those things. I'm not quite sure. Um, but I think there is neither. And there might be a heaven, but there's certainly not a hell, I don't think. Um, in Hinduism, what you're reincarnated, and that concept always, always kind of just like messed around with me. It's like your good deeds now or your bad deeds now will justify what sort of person you are in the next life. Like in Hinduism, if you're a bad person in this life, when you get reincarnated, you won't be a human. Is, is, that, is that right? That's right, right? I think that's right, yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, 
and like growing up like i said very white very homogenous all my friends for the most part um until like middle school until like middle school high school were like white christian i was so i was always fascinated with like the different interpretations of what the afterlife was and what happens to us when we die and I think as a kid, when you're like fasting with such a morbid topic, people are just concerned about your well-being. Um, I don't know. I've I've always found I, I appreciate the finality of death in a way. I, I don't want there to be any more life. Um people might find that to be a bit morbid, morbid. or <laughs> What's the morose? Is morose a word? What? I don't think so. Is it? I don't morbid? know. No, not it's it's it, not not it's not like morbid. It's like um, grotesque, maybe. I think mm. that's what I'm thinking about. People might find that to be a bit grotesque, but like I I appreciate like the finality of life. Um, I'm a huge believer in stories, and I think like my appreciation for writing comes a lot from that. Um, I, I appreciate a good story. I like to see things have a good beginning, middle, and end. Um, yeah, yeah. I was I was always fascinated with the concept of dying. Always. Um, I, I this might be a bit of a tangent, but I also found it kind of strange that in Hinduism, if you're a good person, you get to be reincarnated as a human. If you're a bad person, you get to be reincarnated as like some sort of pre or um <clears throat> or animal or something i always found that really odd and really strange and i could never think of exactly why and like now that i've now that i'm not like seven anymore the thing the reason why i think it's so strange is i don't find humanity to be the pinnacle of creation you know humans are not good that is my fundamental belief. Like, I just don't think we're a good species. I can't wait to get reamed on for that. But like, I just don't think we're good. Like, like we all have the capacity for good and evil. Um, but I think on the whole, um, we have a tendency to always go towards the negative aspects. Um, and I think people will be like no that's such a negative outlook on life i don't necessarily agree that it is i think it's more objective um if you look at like any recorded period of human history we have always had war we have always had one group subjugating another and like in those moments we've definitely have like acts of kindness so maybe it's a bit of a generalization to say all of humanity is evil um and I definitely don't endorse that sort of point of view, but it's just hard for me to like justify to say that, oh, we are intrinsically a good people when there are so many, when time and time again, we repeat the same mistakes um, and we have the same petty squabbles. Like um, after the Holocaust, right? We said never again, this will never happen again. We will never let an, another genocide happen on our watch. And now we have China who is going out and about and just killing the Rohingya Muslim population. I think that's right. I think it's Rohingya. 
or we have this was it Myanmar I think it might have been Myanmar a few years ago um a few years ago that was going around and then um and then we had like the Armenian genocide and just so many things so many things I think you know what no I, I changed my mind we're not evil we're just forgetful I think we're forgetful I think that's the problem we're, we're forgetful we're forgetful species and once again, I think that's like why writing and history is very important so that we can remember and not make those mistakes again. Sorry, another tangent. No worries at all. So as a child, you were fascinated by death. And that has, I have so many follow-up questions to that. <laughs> and <laughs> not, not in a bad way, but in a very good way. Do you remember what any books or any like, TV shows, anything that you watched because that made you interested in it, or was it like religion and like what you were taught as religion and just that big question, like what happens to your soul after we die? It was definitely religion. Um, my parents, like growing up, were very strict about like the times of media I could watch. Like my brother was born two thousand three. When he turned seven, I was around eleven. That's when we first start, like began to be allowed to watch like Disney and Nickelodeon. So, like, I had never watched any of that stuff until, like, I was, like, 11 or 12. So, like, my parents were very strict about those types of things. It was always with PBS on our household for a long time. So, like, my fascination with, like, the afterlife and, like, the purity of our souls or whatever came through religion. Um, we had, like, a program. I was, like, basically Hindu uh, Sunday school. And, you know, we talk about, like, dharma and, like... Um, which is your duty and like your karma which is like the sum of your actions and i was always just fascinated with like the interplay between that and like what happened when we died how has your thoughts on death evolved over your life and do you think that 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 plays an influence in your life today what you're studying at emory or like how you view life as a pre-medical student or like a junior at emory and how it will affect your life in the future? This is a very big and broad question. That's a very broad question, man. Um, it hasn't really affected like what I do at Emory. Like, my major is very practical. Um, I want to get a job, I'm QSS. Okay. I am interested in the brain, I'm in baby concentration. I want to be a doctor, pre-med, like, very practical application of my education. Um, my interest in death and like, idea like that I want to explore in my writing more than anything else um this conversation of what makes us good and bad people like that's like the distillation of like my fascination with dying right it's like what happens when we die it's based off of what the sum of our actions were on earth so like when I when I intend to write I try to like I try to look at people um through that sort of lens like what makes us good what makes us bad and i think like good and bad can be interpreted in so many different ways by so many different people um and that's the sort of thing that i'm interested in like what is good to you isn't necessarily what is good to me and i think across different cultures we have this different idea of what is acceptable what is good and what is not acceptable what is bad and that that affects like what happens when we die when we enter the afterlife yeah, it hasn't really affected what I studied, um, to be honest. And it's probably for the best. That is probably for the best. I don't know how employable I would be with an anthropology major, honestly. I'll take data science over that any day. 
you said you're interested in writing and history and understanding i like i like what you said about the dichotomy of good and bad like everyone has different interpretations of what if an action is good or if an action is bad regarding that how have you up did i'm gonna do right and if you do right like how have you like formulated these thoughts in your writing or like in as a hobby or like in your free time etc i used to write mm-hmm. i would not call myself a writer right now um and the biggest reason for that is definitely the workload emery throws at us like you know what i mean it's it's bad it's hard to make time for these sort of things um my major is not easy so there's just not enough time but like i used to write a lot um in in um middle school and the early days of high school i really thought i could get this novel published um i don't quite remember um the main plot at this point but a really big part of this was um was the um the concept once again of death so you had this character or i think you know i didn't remember the villain of this book was basically arguing the system is not fair like by which we live and die the system of who gets into heaven and who gets into hell isn't fair you have good people dying all the time as well i'm going to take control of this system of death and i am going to judge who is good and who is bad and there that way i can make a more just world now this is not the greatest plot but also i was 14 when i thought about this um and i like that was the crux and you had this main character who at first was fighting for the status quo um and was like no evil villain you can't have control of death that's not fair who gradually begins to see like the corruption in the system that she was fighting for and defects um the what corruption she saw in her system i don't quite remember anymore but <laughs> like even beyond death it goes back to this idea of what makes us good what makes us bad like how do we become corrupt people what makes and also like does that corruption just like is that just for like do the ends justify the means is it okay to take like amoral actions if you're working for the greater good and i guess like that's the crux of what that book was trying to um trying to figure out now as a 14 year old i don't think i had any life experience to um to like make that to write that kind of story but it's still the kind of story that um i'm interested in yeah like right now i'm thinking of writing this book that's less fantastical it's definitely more grounded in reality I'm thinking about writing um like about this character's relationship with this family where like they both think they've been the victims of the other character's misdeeds. So the main character is like, "Oh, my family treated me so poorly. They always favored my brother over me." Wow, wow, wow. And the and the family's like, "Yo, you always hated us from the beginning." And like they um, 
and just start writing about these interpersonal conflicts and seeing how um, what is good and what is bad aren't you know the same, just based off of point of view. Yeah, that's, that's currently what I'm working on. Um, also have this big, big fantastical saga I'm thinking about, but it's far too complicated and I don't have the time to write it. Okay. I have one last question from my from my guide and then I have follow-up questions. Uh, what is your favorite childhood movie and why? Hmm. Can we have Jeopardy music playing in the background? <laughs> Let's see, what movies did I watch as a kid? Well, I like the Harry Potter movies, but that had a lot more to do with the books than the movies. Um, Apparently, I loved Finding Nemo. I don't remember loving Finding Nemo, but apparently I did. I think this was, I was really close with my dad at that point. So I, the idea of like being separated from him was very traumatizing for me. So I was crying at the same time, but I also loved it. I don't know. Let's see what else did I watch. I really liked Wally. Mm -hmm. the, the fledgling environmentalist in me at that point was yeah humans suck we need to be better no more trash um i think i like toy story 2 let's see i think i was a big fan of um what was that one rajini movie um chandramukhi i think that's what it was it's a ghost one yeah it's a ghost one right yeah um i was definitely a big fan of that um yeah, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, anything past eighth grade, I can't remember. So like eighth grade and before, I just like don't remember anything from my life. I've never, but I can't answer this now. Like if you ask me what my favorite movie is now, I would probably have the same reaction. I just can't think of like a favorite movie or like favorite TV show or anything like that. I could switch up the question, what's your favorite book? Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Why? I don't know, man. I just I just fell in love with it. It's hard to say. I do a rereading of the entire series every winter. And I'll probably do one in the summer because I'm so bored. I really like Great Gatsby. That's one of my favorite books too. I'm actually reading that book right now for class. Really? What do you think? Yeah. Uh I haven't finished it yet, but I like it so far. What are your thoughts on um Jay? Jay. Hmm. He was just introduced, so I don't have any thoughts on him just yet, but he seems like a mysterious dude with a lot of mm. power and money. Yeah. Okay. So you just start. Okay. Let me know yeah. when you're done with it. I have lots of thoughts. I have lots of thoughts on this book. So Okay, I will let you know. Uh what's your favorite book, work, movie, anything related to death or like anything related to like the human? cool good or bad or anything that you always like go back to like as a thing to understand think, it better i think avatar the last airbender really okay. has a really good uh you know what avatar that's the last it. airbender <laughs> that's what it is it isn't just, just my favorite show as a kid <laughs> it's my favorite show now okay. it will always be my favorite show there we go could you explain why <clears throat> i think like it has that's a great, like, story about, like, redemption in the form of Zuko. Oh, spoilers. 
Uh, I think that's fine for our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it has such a great, um, such a great message about like how we be- we can become better people and how um like what is our duty in the world? Like you have this scene um when Aang is like trying to open all his chakras and like unlock the avatar state, but then like he gets this vision of like Katara and and Sok, was it Sok? I don't remember if he was in that. But like, they're basically being attacked by these people in like a very Star Wars-esque fashion. He chooses to like not complete his training and instead like goes to save his friends. So you have to like, <clears throat> you have to like um, balance between like your duty to like the world and like what you love. And, oh, that's on my end, sorry. Um, so I always found that sort of duality is to be so very interesting and like like I said the religion of Zuko amazing Uncle Iroh amazing only bad thing about that show is that you have the Fire Lord as this like sort of one-dimensional villain but did you did you know Ozai was voiced by Mark Hamill I did not know that I don't know who Ozai is <laughs> did you never watch Avatar The Last Airbender Man I have never seen that I watched like one episode you suck <laughs> I would get on to oh it. Oh my god. Yeah. So I just ruined the entire story for you. I'm sorry. You have no reason to watch it this point. Actually, you should still watch it. It's still really good. I probably still watch it, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think Harry Potter is a great, is a great sort of like I mean sort of like distillation of good and evil, you know. And like I appreciate the seventh book a lot for like complicating the character of Dumbledore and like showing how he wasn't this perfect angel. He never really was. Like, even in his old age, he was always like up to something. He wasn't ever truly good. And I think it has this great, great understanding of death and how even when we die, the people that we love are still with us in some sort of fashion. I, just, I don't know. I think I think that's definitely the the book that's the book series that's always it's a great sort of distillation of the concept of death, I think. Yeah. All right. I lied. I have one last question and then we'll wrap up this interview. Who is your favorite Harry Potter character and why? I like Luna a lot. You know, she's so zany. She's just out there. She's unafraid to be herself. You know, I appreciate that confidence. And, like, she's overcome a lot. Like, she's gone through this, like, a a lot of tragedies as much as Harry has, you know? Like, her mother died, and... Actually, no, her mother died. She was always in a good... She was in in a... She was raised in a good household, but still, you know? Lots of of sad things happened in her life. Um... I also find the character of Harry to be like severely underrated by a lot of readers. Like, oh, Harry's so dumb, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, he's a pretty smart kid. Um, and he has a lot of good qualities, I think. He's a, he's a good friend, he's a loyal friend. He, he is, um, he's brave to a fault. You know, he's a really good character, I think. And I think he's underrated, um, but no doubt if Hermione was the main character of this series, it'd probably be wrapped up in one book or something. All right. I just wanted to say thank you, Yas, for your thoughts on death and your reflections of your childhood and answering the questions. This is the end of the podcast and we'll be signing off here. 
Thank you, Vyas.